This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome once again to Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio and also Starbucks. <laughs> We're here in sunny Petaluma, California, taking another look at this list of 350 good questions to ask. Having just finished our first 16 and left off on what's the most creative use of emojis you've ever seen, I think the consensus was any post by Madison Glover. She has a tasteful balance of uh, emoji and words. Uh, We now move on to what's something that will always be in fashion, no matter how much time passes. Megan? Well, I'm going to say hello and welcome, because uh, this is Megan Barsulia with... Christopher Gonzalez. (laughs) Just a quick little intro there. Um, What is something that will always be in fashion, no matter how much time passes? Uh, There are several things that come to mind. Kindness and compassion, for one. And respect as well as being truthful and trustworthy specifically in line dance i'm gonna say joe (laughs) she has rolled with every change in the line dance scene from what i've seen she knows how to be very country and also very smooth and jazzy and flowy for daytime or nighttime, her style is always in fashion. Also, her hair. She has good hair. So pretty much all the characteristic traits that I describe describe her, so it works. Also, John Robinson. Some of his older dances were probably before their time, and even as we do them now, they're probably still before our time. <laughs> so, someday... In the distant future, somebody will be like, oh, yeah, I think it's time for these now. And it'll probably be before those two. Um, Let's see, what else? Oh, you know what? Songs about friendship and good times had with them. I noticed that the the dances that come out and then, you know, leave after a year are often, you know, very emotionally moving or thought-provoking. But... um, What's that? Or very, sorry, or very pop catchy. Yeah the the content of of the songs might be, um, I don't know. Like let's say uh, you have like the 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 spooky ones. You know, there's like at least a couple spooky dances every year. Those you know you might see come back out at late night, but it's the ones like Pontoon uh, and probably going to be Lonely Drum. Um, wow Tokyo with its uplifting message hot tamales um, a lot of these are very positive forward looking forward feeling songs and people like that feeling no matter what year it is Like they liked them in the 90s they like them now that's why we still do them um, so anything with like love or, or I'm interested in this person like what's your name or dizzy um, 
things about personal empowerment, which I guess kind of um, goes along with do your thing as well, because the vocalist is saying, you know, do your thing, even if it's odd, like doing hand stuff. Um, that always seems to be in fashion. If it's about cheating or you know how unfortunate things happen to you in life, then people might dance it for a while, but they don't always want to be reminded of that, especially when they're going through that themselves. I think a lot of dance um, is still escapist for people, and they want to be transported into that other mindset. Okie dokie. Next. What actors or actresses play the same character in almost every movie or show they do? And for line dance, I feel like I've seen Scott and Guyton in drag a lot. But then, to be fair, I have not seen a lot of their other skits. So... I would say it's a returning theme, but I'm sure they have additional range. Yeah, well, I was thinking more along the lines of, like, choreographers and what songs they tend to lean towards. Um, there's definitely a sound that everybody likes um, that is attractive to them, that makes them want to dance to that particular sound. And there's a theme. And then you have people like Rachel who can choreograph to anything. Um, but I also know that, like, definitely so a few people come to mind that specifically have increased their talent in choreography because they've done so many to the style, I would have to say would be Gary O'Reilly and, like, Debbie Rushton. Like they have an ear for a piece of music and they know how to create a dance that just really flows well. And I know, although they do branch out and do other things, a lot of times I do find them with the more graceful dances. Um, a lot of times Simon to me, I'll hear a waltz kind of style and hear, Oh, I should send this to Simon kind of, um, track I've noticed as of late um, some of the things that have been catching like Joe's ear are very um, very pretty or very funky so I think she's a little bit tougher because she like Rachel can pretty much I think cross all kinds of genres um, there's a certain piece of music too that I can hear and go oh this is a Scott song too so I think I think it's just kind of you know obviously they've choreographed to several different pieces but they tend to like a certain sound in their music mm-hmm. yeah Scott definitely has a sound I feel like Jono is pretty close to that sound as well uh, I think through Scott's choice of music, I, f- I, I have um, entertained the notion that he would have, in another life, been a sassy black woman. <laughs> I, I think he would have he would have pulled that off well. I agree. I agree so much. That would be amazing. Yes, and he's already sassy, so there's one third down. Good guy. Good guy. Um, and you know, feed the fetish. I think is a, a really good encapsulation of that kind of style because he's also got like cold blooded and 
uh, have fun, go mad. And these are kind of like, hmm, here I am. And you're going to do these turns now. And here's a C bump. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, and his, his piece that he choreographed with Rachel Hot Damn. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Definitely has that kind of Z snap feel. And some of the, if you got like horns, like a saxophone, that's probably something he would be interested in. Uh, pretty, pretty decently high tempo. You know, kind of like, uh, almost like he probably could have done something with Put It On Me uh, if Cody and Madison hadn't already. It's got that like, I, I don't know what the tempo is exactly and I don't have my app out, but uh, you know, in that range. Uh, oh, and you know, Frank Trace, you can always depend on for a good beginner-friendly dance. He's got a lot of uh, popular dances that are catered to beginners, and I think he's taken really good care of them over the years. Uh, let's see, is there anybody else that comes to mind? So, as a, I guess, persona you can say, or as a character in our line dance scene. Um, the two that, no matter which event they're at, they are 100% themselves, they hold nothing back, and they are loved by all and quirky as can be, would be Jamie and Rosie. Like, those two, they know how to have a good time, they know how to treat their beginners, they know how to have fun, and they're just... They both have this overwhelming sense of warmth and come join the party. That's funny. When you when you said two people, I thought for sure you were going to say Jill and Joanne. <laughs> Jill Babinek and Joanne Brady. And I thought, but wait a second. John should be in there too. Which one isn't going to get mentioned? And then it was all three of them. <laughs> huh. Yeah, because Joanne and Jill are also very much, you know, they uh, energetic, energetic. Uh, fun-loving people who give you permission to be yourself. Yeah. All right. In the past, people were buried with the items they would need in the afterlife. What would you want buried with you so you could use it in the afterlife? My dance shoes? <laughs> I was between that and, like, a music player. Because I could dance in just about anything. But, I mean, I wouldn't want to dance barefoot if I could help it. So, I mean, I could sing the song in my head, but, like, barefoot would be really uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, I think that you would be buried in the afterlife. Maybe my guitar. That way I could play whatever, whatever song I'm thinking, even if it's one that I don't have. Like, like let's say I, I, I am in the afterlife with my entire Spotify collection, but then a new song comes out and I can't play it because I don't have a Wi-Fi connection there somehow. I, at least with a guitar, I could just figure it out, play it by ear. Yeah. I guess some of the things... Because they don't say what one thing would you want to be... What would you want to be buried with? So definitely something to play music on um, that has some type of <laughs> battery life eternal... <laughs> um, I would definitely want some comfortable dance shoes. I'd actually probably want some type of nice, soft, flowy pants. Um, I wouldn't mind, even though I know them for whatever reason, I wouldn't mind having, like, the step sheets 
to some of my favorite dances so that I can teach others. Um, what else would I want to be buried with? I don't know. I always thought about getting cremated. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Buried with me. You know, I might even set, if I were really just stuck in my buried state in the afterlife, if I were in my coffin, I might want to have a, a small video player with all the videos I've recorded at dance events with me. Just so I could kind of like vicariously dance through my video self while I'm stuck in a coffin. Because I can't move then. All right. What's the best slash worst practical joke that you've played on someone or that was played on you? I don't do practical jokes. I don't enjoy them. Um, so I can't say anything I've done. And people don't tend to do them on me because do unto others. So this might have to be what did somebody do, do to somebody else, but I don't really pay much attention. Okay. So I like you. I mean, I don't, I don't mind. You like me. Well, thanks. <laughs> I do like you. Um, heaven knows why. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I generally don't do practical jokes. Um, I'm not generally, I guess, creative in that fashion that I could come up with something that would be fun and enjoyable for all, especially the person that is being played upon. Um, Depending on the joke itself, I don't necessarily mind them as long as they're definitely not malicious in any way, shape, or form. I'm not a fan, um, nor am I a fan where anybody can get, like, actually hurt or anything. However, I do know that one Jennifer Cameron likes to play jokes with um, Scott. She likes to uh, play practical jokes. I guess one year she blew up a bunch of balloons and like one of those um, inflatable thing, like animal sea creature. I don't remember if it was a dolphin or like a killer whale. And she like filled up his hotel room full of balloons and just, yeah. So stuff like that. Fun, innocent stuff. Um, I don't know if he has ever sought retaliation <laughs> or anything or if he's just a good sport about it and I don't know if she has anything planned in the future it would not surprise me but at the same time I know she's uh, quite the busy lady so we'll see if anything comes of that um, other than that I don't think I don't I haven't heard of a whole lot of practical jokers in our community no yeah, if they are, they, they stay pretty under wraps. Or I just don't pay attention. Maybe maybe that's it. Uh, who do you go out of your way to be nice to? I would say nice is on my way, and it would be more a question of the opposite. But then I don't really go out of my way to be not nice to anybody. So it would just be more like, is there anybody that you know you're going to have some kind of conflict with and you just decide to stay out of their way? Um, but then that wouldn't really be something I would... I would discuss. So, yeah, um, I guess just be nice to everyone. And if there's anybody who really needs to be thanked, 
um, you'll probably know by how much work they've put into whatever it is that you are seeing at the event. So, you know, uh, the DJs, it's always important to thank them for sitting that long because sitting doing anything for that long eventually gets to your butt. Um, event managers have so many things they need to juggle that it's good to thank them, especially for the things you don't see because often they're like putting out fires that you weren't even aware of. And you just think everything's perfect and fine and running smoothly, but they know differently. So when you thank them for those like ghost problems, they know that it wasn't all for nothing. Uh, some instructors dance and teach through sickness or through personal problems. Uh, and thanking them can certainly help make them feel like it was worth showing up and that you couldn't just learn from some online video. Uh, and I guess, you know, thanking your dancers as well. It, it's important when you are the instructor to let people know the class doesn't happen without them. You can't just teach to an empty room. So it, when you teach your lesson, it's better to not just kind of hide afterwards and think, ugh, I fulfilled my obligation to the public and now I can recharge my batteries. You know, in this case, it might be better to go out of your way, as they say in the question. Um, to get down there on the floor and mingle because sometimes they have something they want to say to you and um, they can't do that if you're not there to listen. So whatever that would you know, be, good or bad, positive, negative, like they appreciate when you are at least receptive. Okay, so this is a little bit of a tricky question because the way it's worded sounds very negative. Like this person doesn't necessarily deserve to be treated nicely or something like that um uh, as you were talking i was thinking about different things and i would have to say that one of the tricks that i have used among my many 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 years um of customer service is the idea that what if i could be the person that makes their day better if they're being exceptionally upset or rude or short or however the case may be. As of late, I have been using your trick, which is what if they were a line dancer? So that's one of the things that I would have to say that I do go out of my way, I guess you could say. And it's not so much of a, like, I'm not nice to this person in general. I just go above and beyond. Like, I try people who are really really upset I try to be extra patient with not just patient and tolerant with um, one of the things I do which I don't I know you do as well is I'll go the long way around the the dance room the ballroom so that I'm not like cutting across the floor or anything like that um, and say hi to the person you know that's sitting by themselves or I know I'll use um, the far like water fountain just so that I pass more people to say hi and how's it going and talk to people and whatnot as opposed to um, the one that's going to be closest and most convenient to me so I guess that you could consider that going out of my way because I could use the one to my left as opposed to the one all the way across the room you know stuff like that um, but it's not it's never really like a chore for me. So, I mean, maybe it's just because I have had the years of practice in customer service 
that it's just I automatically go to the how can I help this person's day, even if it's quicker, faster service. Um, which that's another thing I kind of think of. Um, Joe, she I feel like she's already nice to everybody, but she always asks like, what could she do more of? So it's again not out of her way, but it's just pushing the envelope to that next level. So that it's just a little bit more and a little bit better and a little bit more memorable. Yeah, you mentioned Joe. We actually talked with somebody about this some months back who was using terms like the important people um, and how like there are certain people that it's like better to interact with for some reason. And we talked to that person about how everybody matters and it's not just, you know, the people who matter and then the people who are also there. Um, Like, everybody deserves kind treatment, patience, generosity of spirit. That's one of the things that you see from Joe all the time. She treats everybody like they matter and you just feel good about yourself after you talk to her. Like, the fact that she wanted to talk to you is like, what? I'm just me. (laughs) So if you were able to do that for somebody else, then, you know, pass it along and it's it's interesting to me because with joe it never as weird as this sounds it never occurs to me that she's like the headliner and the marquee when she talks to me it's just she's such a wonderful person and that's why you're honored that she wanted to talk to you it's like she's so amazing and so sweet and so generous and she tries to be such a good positive in- individual for herself for her family for everyone around her and that's why it's so wonderful that she's spoken to you because you do feel better once you've talked to her because she is just this warm light of a person and and then like after a while I go oh yeah She's an instructor. Wow, she's been doing this for... Wow, she's basically Miss Line Dance, you know, herself. So it's another thing that, like, I've tried to explain to people who, in specific, this individual we spoke to a while back, that it's not because of what she can do in the line dance field as in like she can get me hired on events or anything it's because she's just who she is and we're just lucky to know her i guess one way to visualize it is um it kind of feels like she's wearing all white like silk or something like something really really nice just immaculate and here, some days, I feel like I've just been gardening, you know, on my elbows and knees, covered in dirt, and she asks for a hug. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, that's how it feels when, you know, she, she takes the time to talk to you. Like, you almost feel like you're sullying her in some way by, like, bothering her with your life. Because she probably has, like, all these bright, happy things that she could be thinking about or talking with somebody about, and here's my boring life, you know? Um. But she generally care, genuinely cares about your boring life. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. On to the next question. <laughs> um, where do you get most of the decorations for your home? Line dance events? I don't have a lot of decorations. I get cards from you, and then I have, if you call it decoration, I have bags uh, like tote bags full of clothes hanging from hooks on the side of the wall. And other than that, 
Um, I think I have my Worlds and USLDCC jackets hanging. I have my name tags from dance events hanging. And for a while, I had my uh, shirts, some of my uh, dance shirts, just kind of stacked in a corner where you could see them. So you could almost call that decoration. And then I have, like, my mixer is out on the desk. Um, For a while, my desk was actually professional looking enough that it was mostly geared toward line dance and my my desktop on my laptop says line dance podcast so yeah a lot of it is dance related um lately as i've been thinking about this uh you know hopefully upcoming move as the uh, owner of the house is looking for a buyer um now it's just been kind of a little of everything (laughs) my decorations are just a smattering of um souvenirs from my life but you know a few months ago it probably been mostly dance things I was going to say, the little bit of decorations that I did have in the room I was staying in um, were from line dance stuff. Some of it was uh, some of the awards. Some of it was my name tag. Some of it was pictures. I had the book that I had made each of us a copy of, of all the all the pictures from over the last year and a half or whatever of the line dance things that we've done. Um, but I was actually thinking... I would love to know where they get most of the decorations for the ballrooms and where they come up with the ideas and the themes. Tina Foster with balloons. Yeah. Um, Because I think about, like, they get balloons, they get streamers, they get fun different, like, decal decorations. Sometimes they'll have um, different uh, backgrounds or backdrops on the stage. Um, You know, Big Bang has, what, don't they have a, different banner every year i think so yeah different themes yeah so like i would actually be more intrigued to start asking some of the event directors how they come up with the themes and where they get their inspiration and their decorations from because i mean obviously most of the time you're going to hear like the dollar store or like some type of uh party store or something like that but it would be interesting to see where else they get some of the custom stuff all right, next up, what food have you never eaten but would really like to try? Crickets. That's an easy one for me. I've heard good things about the protein content of certain um, arthropods, uh, crickets being one of the most marketable ones. And you can make cricket flour um, out of crickets that is easy to slip into things like chips or bread or cookies. Um, so that would probably be the easiest way to eat crickets without thinking about the fact that you're eating crickets. Um, but depending how they're presented, I might even try them in more of like a body type form. Because uh, you figure we eat lobsters, we eat crabs. It's just big, big arthropods. So, you know, on a much smaller scale, you've got insects. Yeah, I don't know about the whole insect thing. That's definitely a mind over matter problem for me. <laughs> um, that's a tough one. I generally try whatever I want. Um, I think I'd be inclined to try more Greek food. Uh, just in general. I think that would be really cool. Uh, I don't know. It's. I wouldn't mind... Yeah, oh... I don't know where it's from, but that 
really, really interesting fruit that you either love the taste of, of or hate the taste of, but apparently it's got such a foul-smelling t- like aroma to it. Durian? That would be one thing I would be in, intrigued to try to find out if I like it or not. Yeah, there was one guy in my high school who was really into that, but I think part of it was just to weird people out in the classroom. Some of it might have been the flavor as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, okay, right after that we have what food is delicious but a pain to eat. And that one, I mean, I hear it's good, but you also have to deal with the smell. So, I was going to say pineapple. Oh. It's so good, but if you eat too much, <laughs> it really hurts your mouth. Also, you have to get the spikes off of it. Yeah. Um, for me specifically... It would be avocados because I love the taste of them, but I'm very allergic to them. So, unfortunately, it's kind of a pain for me to eat them. Pomegranates because of the seeds. They're so messy. Yeah. And they stain, too. So, like, if you're getting in there with your hands, your fingers are probably going to be seeing that for a little bit. Um, Maybe blackberries if you think about getting them fresh off the vine. Because then you have to deal with the thorns. I love picking blackberries, though. I love picking blackberries. Mm, let's see. What else? Anything with um, a lot of seeds or an inconvenient pit that sticks to the flesh. I don't mind the ones where you can just, like, slice around in a circle and then twist. Like, peaches or apricots sometimes will make it easy for you. But I've noticed... Uh, actually, no. Even apricots are okay. Sometimes plums will stick to the seed and then you have to like tear off bits mangoes are like that as well mangoes really stick to the flesh so it's gonna be tricky who was your craziest slash most interesting teacher one comes to mind but i'll let you go in case you oh no i i don't know craziest and most interesting teacher that's a little bit of a tough one for me when it comes to line dance. Oh, gosh. I didn't even think about line dance. I was thinking about school. But, yeah, line dance would probably be easier. <laughs> huh. um, Roy has some of the most interesting descriptions of things. Roy and Rachel both will tell you about, like, do something with the washing machine or smell the pizza. Yeah. Um, I don't know so much about craziest um, because again, I haven't taken lessons from a whole lot of people, just enough that I've gotten a variety of things. Um, interesting. I would definitely say Roy was interesting. Um, Guyton was actually very interesting. My first Vegas. That was fortunately they were teaching a workshop together for isolation technique, so that was a really cool class. Um, and they had some fun analogies and stories and how they were like showing how to do the certain movements was entertaining um rachel definitely keeps things moving and keeps things interesting enough that you want to keep going you don't like really lose focus or lose your place or anything like that um i love watching fred teach he makes some fun sound effects and He's fun and goofy, but very professional at the same time. Jill, when we took Run Me Like a River, 
Uh, she had a sense of humor about it, and such a spooky dance that like you don't think about that being like you know something you'd be entertained to learn. Yeah. Um, not that I've taken a lesson from him in a class setting. I have learned a dance from him. Um, but I, I think the one that potentially could corner the market on craziest would probably be John. I don't know how to feel about the fact that you haven't said me for craziest. No. Okay. No. You're entertaining. You're very entertaining. But, yeah, not craziest. Okay. What old person things do you do with old person in quote marks? <laughs> Try to go to bed early? No. I was going for the same thing, right? <laughs> Apparently line dancing. <laughs> Just oh, no, I love it. Um, old person things that I do. I don't know. I don't know what old people do. What do old people do? You're asking the person who sings at senior communities <laughs> like multiple days out of the week as my job. Yeah. What do old person... Uh, well, jigsaw puzzles. Okay. You're all about those. I am all about puzzles. Yeah. I used to be more into crosswords. Not so much these days. Used to be more into Sudoku. Not so much these days. Did, were you ever into Wii? Because I know that there was a, a big Wii bowling group at Brookdale back when I started. No, um, Wii was my little brother. I was into more like Xbox and PlayStation. But I thought of it. I love to crochet. And I've loved to crochet since I was 13 years old. And that's considered, quote unquote, as they put it in here, an old person thing to do. Um, definitely love all the kind of puzzles that you had mentioned, Jigsaw, like Sudoku and stuff like that. In fact, I have that on my phone um i don't know what, what else what other things do quote-unquote old people do i'm trying to think of like the activities calendar they listen to music they listen to old classic music that probably we both like uh or that i sing line dance is definitely in there um oh you know what discounts like the early bird senior discount i look for discounts i look for coupons I don't, like, go excessive with it because after a while, the amount of time that you spend trying to get the deal feels like your time was worth more than that. But if you enjoy it, then it's okay. I definitely am a bargain hunter when I'm comparing products. Mm. You drink tea? I do. So I, that's, I drink a lot of tea. That's kind of a, an older person thing, depending on the older person. I guess I like the idea of brunch. Because then I can sleep in, but then still eat. <laughs> Although for us, the only time we have brunch is after we've done line dance at the senior center. So we don't even sleep in. We just do more senior things. I feel like this is a dangerous question, so I'm going to move on. Uh, next up we have, what was the last photo you took? Interesting. Uh, probably a selfie of some kind. I don't really take a lot of photos of other things. Oh, it might have been. Um, I'll take a look. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. Oh, the last photo I took was of two baskets full, full of expired meds. And the reason why was because the last like week I've been pulling every si I've gone through every single med in the pharmacy that I work at and pulled out anything that is expiring within the next two months 
and put them in a basket and cleaned up the shelves. And I was showing you what I was doing that day. <laughs> That's funny because um, among my more recent photos are the photos of a pan and meal prep containers to show you what I was doing that day, which was shopping for meal prep stuff. And then after that, at some point at home, I took uh, a selfie in my new mirror, uh, but it ended up just being very blurry. So that's not really one that I would count. Yeah. Yeah. So other than the videos that I've taken recently of dances, I have taken... Oh, I was at Whole Foods and I took a drink or a picture of a book that says healthy drinks, a picture of a book that says salsa and dips, one of simply citrus and one of fine wineries. But it says the California directory, sorry, the California directory of fine wineries. Okay. What's the most amazing slow motion video you've seen? Okay, one comes to mind. What's what do you got? Of slow motion? Mm-hmm. Any like bullets going through watermelons or anything like that? I don't know. I don't. I generally. That's not generally something that I come across that makes a memorable impression on me. Okay, two two that um, that I would cite are. Probably the most recent one I saw was a soccer ball stop where the ball came flying at this guy. He's a professional. And he hit it at just the right amount of, like, resistance and speed that it just, like, stopped midair. Full speed, it comes flying at him, and he just, like, taps it just right. So it just freezes. And then he can control it and do what he wants with it in the game from there. So I saw it slowed down, and that was very impressive. Like magic, like he just beamed it with a yeah. I guess so. He, um, he the title of the the post on Reddit says something like uh, you know check out this guy's soccer touch or something like that, and it was just a little bit of a chit with his either knee or his toe. I think it was his knee, and it doesn't recoil at all. It just freezes. It was amazing. Uh, after let's see, the other one that I was thinking of was this guy who is break dancing. And he does this crazy inside out, like under his leg thing. And he looks like he's turning his body inside out. Like his his whole top half goes like under one of his legs in a way that you don't think humans should be able to do. And I watched it in slow motion just to figure out when did the change happen. And I, I, I figured it out, but it's still... You speed it back up, and it's still not human. It's real weird. So those are the two that I would cite as the most amazing that I've seen. They come to the top of my mind. I, see. I was like, yeah, the uh, the slow motion is what gets me. Um, You've never seen any, like, dogs or, you know, squirrels or anything doing some weird thing, and then they repeat it in slow-mo? I mean, I'm sure I have, but like I said, they never make a memorable impression on me. I would have to say, if you take out slow motion, I could easily say two videos that come to mind that were one of uh, like some of the most amazing videos I've seen would be both by Rachel. One of her would be dancing speechless while pregnant. 
because she still looks amazing and can just so amazingly graceful and stunning. And then the other would be her doing swinging R's while pregnant. Because quite, <laughs> quite the ability there um, while carrying that little that little one around in her tummy. Um, I'm, I'm quite impressed with her ability to still look graceful and still move at the speed she moves at and still hit the music the way she does. Um, she, she's quite the talent. Next question. Where are some unusual places you've been? That's a hugely open-ended question. I don't, I don't know where I've been. Where have you been? Um, okay. So... I'm going to start with Fort Wayne, Indiana, because I don't know why I would go there in general. And with that said, Johnny Seed, or Johnny Appleseed's gravesite in Fort Wayne, Indiana would probably be one of the weirdest places I've ever been. Um, another unusual place that I've been, um, Nowhere, Arizona in the middle of the desert there is one convenience store stop along with um a tow truck with a little mechanics shop in the middle of the desert between northern and like phoenix um it's very interesting unusual spot to find yourself uh trying to think uh, where else have we been dance related corning Corning. yeah a little bit of an unusual stop on the map big on on olives there which is good because i like olives i like olives a lot (laughs) um button willow button willow button willow yeah it's my favorite stop between here and la totally favorite stop um I think I'm going to hand the mic back to you because I think that's about all my brain can muster at the moment. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the places we've been have been major cities like Boston, Orlando, Charlotte, um, Chicago, soon to be New York, Vegas. Oh, yeah, Portland. Hmm. San Francisco Bay Area for Worlds. Yeah, they don't really tend to put them in weird places, with the exception of, as you say, Fort Wayne. And Corning with Boogie. Even Palm Springs is pretty major. That's like a destination spot. Hmm. We'll just have to get weirder. You know what? Space. That'll be our unusual place. <laughs> Which celebrity do you think is the most down-to-earth? Joe. Joe. <laughs> All right, moving on. What would be the worst thing to hear as you are going under anesthesia before heart surgery? And before I move on, I also want to give a shout-out to Rachel because she does these videos on her Lips Lumiere page of her without makeup before she puts on her makeup. And the fact that she is like willing to be seen, what, whereas some people like wouldn't leave the house, wouldn't let you know that they exist without makeup, uh, and she is willing to show you the before and after is... Um, I don't know what you'd say. Like, make like a humble move on her part, saying like, "Hey, I'm just human, like the rest of you people." So, uh, you know, here's my actual face. I think that's really cool. So that, that would be a down to earth example there. 
Alright. What would be the worst thing to hear as you are going under anesthesia before heart surgery? Okay. Actually, you know what? It was the punchline to something that I remember hearing um, in like middle school or high school with a friend of mine. But it was like, you know, just things you don't want to hear in certain situations. And one of my favorites was always, my, that's terribly misshapen. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Um, I was thinking along the lines of, which one's the scalpel? <laughs> that would not be very reassuring <laughs> um, at all. Or like the nurse is saying, you can do this. I'm sure we'll think of others later. <laughs> but at least we got a couple. All right. What's the spiciest thing you've ever eaten? Probably Indonesian peanut sauce. That's some serious stuff. Unless it was a pepper that I don't remember and then just repressed. I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you because I've... I'm always intrigued to try spicy things, although it doesn't always turn out in my favor. I'm always at least like, let me tasted at least um so i've tasted quite a few things as for spiciest i don't know that's that's a tough one i couldn't even remotely begin to tell you because again i couldn't even say spiciest thing you've eaten at a line dance event because we know better yeah pretty much so i don't know all right moving on What's the most expensive thing you've broken? I have definitely worn holes into some hundred-plus-dollar dance shoes. Um, fortunately, we don't stomp at Stoney's to the extent that it has broken their floor, uh, but that would be the most expensive thing that somebody has broken in dance. Oh, uh, I rolled my ankle, but it didn't break. doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, um, expensive thing I've broken... I mean, I guess you can count my car as one of them. Yeah, I've totaled a car or multiple in my time. Yeah, my car. I, I tend to drive them into the ground, so I definitely have broken them. Um, most expensive thing I've broken... I feel like there was something, but I, I might have like repressed the memory. <laughs> um, I, I've broken a couple of hearts, and those are priceless. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I retract my answer. I'm sure you have, but, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else I could think of expensive. I uh, Have we... Oh, uh, you broke the plane that one time when they had uh, mechanical failure. I did not break the plane. I wasn't even on the plane. and it was. You looked at it wrong. No. Um, I would have to say I did not do it myself. However, I have heard of things getting broken at line dance events like lampshades and lights as well as palm trees. Um, I think that those would probably be pretty expensive. All right. What obstacles would be included in the world's most amazing obstacle course? When you're tired and they put on the beast. 
<laughs> Thanks, JP. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think that might that might be a good answer. Or or swinging ours, or uh, what uh, they do? Pump it. Pump it. Uh, what razor sharp? Followed by Beethoven's boogie. It's quite the obstacle. Uh, can't think of any. Uh, when they speed up chill factor. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, back at Mavericks, they used to speed up kick and rock. Yes, they used to as well. Um, I would be intrigued at what happened a few months back with Amy and Stitches, and what they slowed it down really, really slow, and then they fat- sped it up really, really fast, and they slowed it down again. Um, that sounds very interesting to me. I'd love more challenges like that. You know, one that we've talked about is um, doing like a a different wall uh, on every wall, doing like a different dance or something, kind of like the mashup, but where it's just called like a few counts before the next dance starts, and you have to remember what foot you're on and what you know what you should be doing immediately afterward. That could be fun. A fun challenge as well, especially if the music goes along with it to change. So they don't really need to announce it. Then you would just have to get it within like the first two counts. You'd have to identify the song and then get on the right beat. That could be an interesting challenge. I noticed in uh, Europe they did uh, Maddie's Mad Minute at Eurodance. That was a fun idea. Just playing a minute of different songs, a lot of classics, uh, among which were Syncopated Rhythm, Hold Your Horses. Uh, hot tamales, natural selection, yeah, and then a couple that I need to learn, but we're never, as far as I know, as big uh, on this side of the Atlantic, uh, like "Feet Don't Fail Me Now" and "Let Her Rip," Peter Metelnik. All right, next up we have what makes you oh 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 what makes you roll your eyes every time you hear it. I wouldn't say that I roll my eyes, but. When I hear or whatever the first notes are of pontoon, I think, oh, JP. <laughs> or uh, when he announces, up next, we got pontoon followed by 50 ways. I'm like, yep, yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that might get an entertained eye roll as opposed to like the annoyed eye roll. Although, uh, now, that, now that I think about it, there is um, a place where dance names are called that are not the names of the actual dances for various reasons. Um, some of which is that they've just always called it that way. So they don't want to change. They, they know better. Like there was a time where one of them, they didn't know the name of it because nobody looked it up. They just knew what song went to it. And the people knew how to dance it, but they didn't give the name either. So they just called it the mystery dance. And it's not a mystery anymore. The The name of the dance actually is the name of the song, but they, they still call it that for tradition's sake, I guess, or because it's more fun, which is fine. Fun is fun. But I'm in some ways a little bit of a stickler for giving people correct information that they can use to go home and look up you know, the step sheet and find the choreographer and send them a message and say, hey, great dance, person in France or wherever. Um, and by just calling it something else, 
you take that away from dancers who want to go farther or further? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I, I do. One more. Two words. Regional variation. Okay. Um, I was going to say, I do have a few things that can, I guess, inspire an eye roll. They don't necessarily always earn the eye roll. Um, some of it would be a continued choice of ignorance. Uh, like you were mentioning earlier. Uh, unfortunately, there I know of several individuals. Um, there are certain things that can bug me. Um, that is, I know is just more of a pet peeve of mine because I know better and I may have expressed once or twice to whatever is going on my knowledge and it may or may not have fallen on deaf ears so some of that um, I'd have to say yeah one of the ones would, would definitely be regional variations. That's not a thing in my book. I, I don't know. I, I, you either do the right dance correctly or you don't do the dance correctly for me. I, I don't know how to otherwise put that. Um. Along with regional variations, I would also like to uh, add choreographer unknown. When the choreographer is known, but because you don't call it by the, the name of the actual dance, nobody knows how to look it up, so choreographer is unknown. Yeah, that, that, that's a little, little pet peeve of mine. Um, I think, again, it, a lot of it just it stems from the choice to remain ignorant. That's the biggest thing for me. When you have known opportunities to expand your knowledge because others have done so before you, when you have many people that you can talk to that if they don't know the answer can find out from someone else who could possibly know the answer. Um, oh, yeah, I know I've said it probably in whatever many episodes, but uh, quite a few at this point. That circuit is a level. That's not even an eye roll at this point. It's it's a like just stop, just stop. <laughs> um, fortunately, I haven't heard it in a while, so I'm hoping that I will continue not to hear it. Um, I have to say things that like that probably would deem eye roll worthy for me would have to be along the lines of when I've had conversations with friends and they say, well, they don't know any circuit dances and I list off a bunch that they know and then they go, oh, those are circuit dances and I say yes. And they're like, well, I still don't really know any circuit dances. It's like, wait, what? Wait, what just happened? And then I had to like repeat it all over again or try and explain, no, all dances are pretty much... <laughs> stem from the circuit that you know it's okay you know um along with that 
bar dances that are done quote everywhere because everywhere is a very big place bigger than say like six places it's at least seven <laughs> I like your at least seven um, yes no I, d- I definitely agree with the dances that are done everywhere um, that's one of the reasons why I say staple dances which chances are you can do them to a, a song at a bar one of them being say like the electric slide that would be the closest thing I could say is done everywhere because it's done at weddings you know, so that's one of those few that I think is pretty much done just about everywhere. And I always preface it with just about to say that, you know, there might be that one place where they don't do it. Um, I also like I like to use the idea that, for instance, our version to the song Luke Bryan's Country Girl. Right. I, I don't tell them that this is done anywhere. I, in fact, I tell them it's not really done anywhere at all. We're one of the only people who know it. But that doesn't mean when the song comes on, you can't dance it. It is still a useful dance to know. Just know that you might be doing it solo. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think also the idea that there are dances that you have to teach because it's, say, the wobble or whatever... Uh, there are dances that are useful because they are quick to teach and uh, an absolute beginner can pick them up quickly but that doesn't mean you have to teach it because you can be the change in your area and decide you know what so many people have shouted foul things to god bless texas or started on the wrong foot maybe we just won't teach it maybe that just won't be a thing in our area and you can make that choice it's only three minutes out of the playlist you could put anything else in there we don't typically play wobble because nobody requests it and we haven't taught it as our you know easy way out absolute beginner dance because we have so many absolute beginner dances to choose from that that song we've heard enough times to not really be that interested in it uh anymore and there are other absolute beginner dances that do have interesting movements and songs so We'll spend the three minutes, four minutes on that. You know? Same thing with God Bless Texas. Same thing with anything else that we think just isn't going to be as helpful for people, even if they go to some other bar. Like, yes, we'll teach them electric slide because that is very useful. Um, but, you know, so they sit out of fake ID when they go somewhere else. That's okay. Maybe they need to get water during that, that period of time anyway. Like, if, if it's a choice between that or us giving them yet another version that's just going to confuse them when someone else does it differently. I'd rather that they just you know, try to follow whatever that local version is and maybe that will be the one that they teach themselves because that's what we did. True. And although it doesn't happen regularly by any means, I can certainly say one of the few things that will get me to the point of an almost eye roll that I have to remind myself not to when it comes to dance events is politics. I believe that anything political, it doesn't matter what side you're on of the political scheme of things, I do believe 100% it doesn't belong at a dance event. Um, I think that although I respect everyone's opinions because they're allowed to have their own opinions, 
I think that's one place in which we should just leave that topic off the table. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So many fiery thoughts. I'm going to scroll down to the next one. What do you think you are much better at than you actually are? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Telling jokes? (laughs) Um, I mean, I enjoy public speaking. I don't know if I am as effective at it as I um, universally or objectively would be able to say that I am. I just know that I enjoy it. I'm not scared of it. And... I have no illusions about acting ability or singing ability or guitar playing or dancing. Um, so I can't say I'm, I think I'm better at any of those. Uh, maybe I think I'm better than I am at seeing multiple sides of something. Maybe I don't, maybe I stop when I'm satisfied and I don't keep looking when it's uncomfortable. Usually I try to take, the, you know, whatever I, I feel to be the truest um, as one side and then say, okay, well, what if the opposite were true? What would that look like? And then what if you were completely uninterested and uninvested, which I've done with American politics lately? I just, I tr- I just don't play. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not a fun game. So I think, you know, if I were in the Netherlands, this wouldn't be an issue. I don't think about their prime ministers. I don't think about how they are doing social or cultural changes and it's just not part of my day to day. So that's a third view that I try to take with a lot of you know things. Just um, what I what I like, what I like less, and then what it would be like if I didn't like either. That might not be far enough. Maybe I should be looking at different aspects beyond that. Uh, but mostly, I just kind of stop there. So there was a few things that kind of came to mind. Um. One of them would be, I definitely think that I'm better of staying out of the middle of conflicts than I am, because I do find myself in quite a few, and I very I try very hard to keep the peace. I, I, I like to keep the peace, but I always think that I'm able to avoid the conflict in the first place, and that's not always the case. In fact, it's seldom the case. Um... I certainly find myself in the middle of, of friends venting a lot. And I just kind of try and keep my mouth shut other than that. Well, have you talked to them yet? Have, have you told them that this bothers you? Are you sure this bothers you? <laughs> um, one of the things that I think I'm better at than I actually am. Hmm. I think as of late, I had a very strong dose of reality when it came to my non-line dance friends. I thought I was a better friend than I actually was because it it dawned on me that I really hadn't kept in touch with my non-line dance friends um, and I wasn't really putting out efforts and it I had a, a nice little wake up call that allowed me to make some changes and recultivate some of those friendships. So I'm I'm making the efforts now to be a better friend than I was before. But yeah, for a while there I, I thought I was this really good friend to them when I missed out on a lot of their life. 
So I feel like I could have I've been, I could have been more supportive and shown them that I cared more by even just so much as, you know, messaging them, thinking of you or calling them or even, you know, liking their posts online as they're trying to overcome something and they're doing something to positively change their life. I could have been a little bit more supportive there and I definitely dropped the ball, but I'm back back there. I'm back on it. Um, I have a whole lot that's the opposite. I have a lot that I think that I'm worse at than I actually am versus the better at. So I have a generally, I think I have a pretty good sense of my faults or strengths and weaknesses. If you want to be a little bit more PC about it, one occurred to me. Which is, uh, I, I probably think that I'm better at explaining things than I actually am. I make a lot of very colorful analogies and visual metaphors. And for me, that's fun. I'm like, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. That probably is getting the point across. But I don't, I don't always check in to see if that is the case or if they understood it with the new phrasing. I just think, yeah, well, I tried. Okay, I'm going to build off yours a little bit to give you a little bit of a reprieve as well as I'm sorry because it's a little bit of a critique. Um, You're very good at explaining things. It's knowing when you don't need to explain them anymore. You know, four additional um, examples after the three you've already given me, I generally get the message. And I recall receiving that feedback from you before. But sometimes I just enjoy the analogy so much. One will come to me and it's wasted if I don't share it, whether or not you need it. Yes, it just gives me a chance to practice my patience and listening skills. And it gives me a chance to practice my public speaking, (laughs) which we all know I'm great at. (laughs) All right, next question is, should kidneys be able to be bought and sold? Interesting. What a question. Huh? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. That sounds really wrong. Sounds like there's going to be a whole lot more potential injuries. Like black market stuff? Yeah. Ah, this is... Actually more along lines of people hurting other people so they can make a profit. That's what I was thinking, black market. Like you wake up in a bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, I don't know. It's never really been an issue for me, so I feel like I would be a non... um, I should be non-party to this kind of question because I don't really have a side. I have nothing to base it on. Uh, I mean, donations are great. It's good if somebody, like, dies and you're able to use a kidney because you need one to live. But it's such a weird question because, like, we are born with two. So if we could live without one and make a little money... How about this? Artificial kidneys that don't hurt anybody. I'd be okay with that. That could be sold. Yeah. See, there's a third way. <laughs> All right. When was the last time you got... Oh. When was the last time you got to tell someone I told you so? This is like the practical joke one. I don't like saying I told you so. Sometimes I think it, but I don't say it. And it's not really something that I would say that I get to tell people. I just know this is what I predicted. We saw how it turned out. And now all I want is what's best for everyone involved. 
yeah again that's the way they word the question my automatic is i told you so with the like malicious bragging tone to it where it's like I told you that was going to happen. I just knew that was going to happen. Or, oh my God, I told you that was going to happen. Like, there's so many different ways you can say, I told you so, versus, um, like, or in a positive way, than in a negative, like, almost insulting someone's intelligence. Because I'm certainly one of those that likes to make the mistakes for myself. Sometimes I tell myself, I told you so, you shouldn't have done that. And so I guess that's the closest I could say <laughs> with anything that's like, yep, I told you so, you should have listened. Um, but I don't like telling people I told you so. I feel like, I don't know, it, it's, it expresses such a negative superiority thought process. And I don't think that I'm superior than anyone. I really don't like we all have our problems we all have our issues I mean I guess I can say I think that I'm nicer than some people like Hitler <laughs> I definitely think I'm more tolerant but I don't think I'm better than you know or more superior than that's not it's not it next question what would a world populated by clones of you be like a mess. Scary. Very scary and very loud. Very loud, I agree. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> no, I'm watching like the little bar jump up when we're, you know, we're looking at the acoustic of mixed craft. Um, you have passion. It would be a passionate world. To be fair, that is, tr- that is true. It would just be very loud and obnoxious and yeah, scary. Scary, s- scary sums it up, I think. I think it would be a world, for me, populated with good intentions <laughs> and people who um, might hide inside a lot more than, than they seem like they should be for like a healthy age and uh, a lot of potential and stuff. I don't know. It would be balanced, I guess. But man, nobody would want to be the trash guy. Nobody would want to be like the delivery guy. It would not be a very functional world. None of us would decide who would get to do the fun stuff and who would have to do the other stuff. Because I can handle some fun stuff and some other stuff. But there's some jobs that are just not fun at all. And then nobody in the world would do it because be like, well, none of us, none of us are getting paid to do that. None of us would take the pay for that. So I guess we're just going to live in a world without, like, pig slaughtering or something. You know? Because I don't want to be the guy with the knife. So no, no other version of me would want to be that either. There are a lot of things that wouldn't get done because no version of me would do it. None of us would be in the military. We'd all just have to really trust each other. Anything else for yours? I don't know. As you like put it, it's a very truthful statement, this idea that like certain things just wouldn't happen. I think as much as I like meet we wouldn't be if, if, yeah I don't think we'd eat meat at all because that's just too much like I, I can I can deal with like the taking out the trash and doing the chores not that I want to but I could so I know that there's some clone out there of me that could do it well I'm thinking like driving the truck all day and picking up everybody else's bins 
Well, yeah. Um, I also think that if I think about it, truthfully, I think it would be it would be interesting because there's so many different things that I've wanted to do with my life. So I wonder if like because that's the other thing it's like clone is it like a physical clone is it emotional is it every single feeling I've ever had and every single experience I've ever had up to this moment because a clone doesn't necessarily have to act and think exactly like you it doesn't say anything about identical clones it just says clones so I don't know it depends on how you allow them to be aka or aka um quote unquote programmed if they're allowed to grow up with a family they might have something that's completely different experience they just might look like me i think it would be lonely because i would miss women <laughs> True story, I would definitely miss male companionship. Um, but also, it also doesn't say the whole world, too. It just says a world populated. So, I don't know. Depends on how you define world, too. Because you have your daily world. You have the whole world. So, yeah, there's a lot of open loopholes in this particular question that I think it's time to just go to the next one. Great idea. Moving on. All right. What riddles do you know? I can only think of one off the top of my head. Uh, it's the what... I don't even really like it. It's um, what walks on four legs in the morning, two legs during the day, and three legs at night. It's the riddle of the Sphinx. Wait, what is what walks on four legs in the morning, two legs during the day, or at noon, or whatever you'd want to say about that, uh, and three legs at night? Man, because he crawls as a baby, walks on two legs as an adult, and has a cane in his senior years. So the whole day-night thing was a cheat because it was just a colorful metaphor for aging and the lifespan, which... I am not crazy about it. I, I feel like I've heard better riddles, but that's the one that came first to mind. I don't know any off the top of my head, but I do know that I enjoy riddles. So, like, anytime there's one that's posted on Facebook, I will certainly try and figure out, like, what it is. Um, I was intrigued. I didn't like the context of the, the riddle, but um, there's five people in a room... You walk in and kill four people. How many people are still in the room? You know? I've seen that one on my Facebook news feed a lot. And I, I, didn't, I didn't... At this moment, I did not roll my eyes when you started to say that. But I threw my hands across my face. Because there are like five different answers to that, depending how you phrase it. Exactly. Because still could be non-moving. That's one of them. Then there's the idea that it didn't describe anybody leaving. So there's that answer. 
I'd be intrigued on what your third answer is. There are many. There are many. Okay, so the first one, which has been very popular as it gets reposted, is can you solve this riddle? And then they say whatever they say, and the answer that people are looking for is yes. So there's one. That's not even a number. Um, And then there's the one where there are five people in a room. You came in and killed four of them. How many are you know still in the room and the idea there is they gave you the answer there are five people in the room no no but it's not in order so the order of events was you came into the room and killed four of the people there are five people in the room so the answer is there are five people in the room and that they already told you that at the beginning so then you have to just shift things around and and then the answer is five if you say, if you're just counting bodies, alive or dead, then it's six because there's the five plus you. Um, and then let's see, there was the one where if you killed four of them, but one of them's still alive and you're counting living people, then it's two because there's the killer and then there's the other person. Um, and then there, th- there is the idea that um, it's based on an older riddle, which was like you see... Uh, you know, five birds on the line and uh, you shoot one of the birds, how many are still there? And the answer is none because it's birds. They all fly away after you shoot one of them. Uh, so the idea is that if you shot four of them or you killed four of them, the other one left. But there's no way to really know that because you aren't given all the information. Uh, so in that case, the answer would have been either just you because you're the only living person, so the answer is one, or the answer, again, would be five because the fifth person escaped and now it's you and the four dead people. So now you've got one, two, five, six, yes. And then I wonder if there was an answer for four. Oh, yeah, the, the still. How many people are still in the room? That would be the four people you killed. So then you, you have the answer four. I think the only one that I haven't heard... Uh, or seen um, an answer for is three. And I don't know how you would get to three without different information. But yeah, that is how many different ways you can spin that one, depending exactly how it's phrased and how you interpret it. I like riddles where there's an actual answer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, like, what is the sound of one hand clapping? What is, you know, if, if a tree in the forest falls, no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Some of those you're just supposed to live with the ambiguity, and that's the value of the riddle. But I like the ones where there's an answer, and there's a clear answer. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I know that there's been um, there's been several along the years. That's just the newest one that I saw this morning. Um, I'm, I'm definitely one of those that I want to know, but I want to know that whoever is asking this riddle actually knows the true answer. So whether I'm wrong or right, I can get the correct answer. Um, So I have a hard time with some of the Facebook ones because they don't always know the true answer. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm one for puzzles. I love the idea of like having to really think about something and solve it and be able to solve it. And I don't mind like, you know, jokes that are because of how they're worded, um, 
meant to throw you off. Like, what's brown and sticky? A stick. What's uh, brown and rhyme? Uh, yeah, what's brown and rhymes with Snoop? Dr. Dre. You know, stuff like that. Like, you, you think you're going one way, and then they take you in some other direction. Uh, those, are, those are fine, but the ones where they say, like, you know, who would win in a fight, like Superman versus Hulk, and be like, well, Superman would, because he has a super atomic ray gun, and he can, like, disassemble Hulk's atoms. Like, What? Where did that even come from? You're just making things up now. But then the whole point, I mean, it's, it's superheroes. It's always going to be a made-up thing. Like, there are no set rules. And with, with proper riddles, there are rules. And you follow them. You follow within the limitations. Ugh. Moving on. Oh, wow. Okay, that's weird. Uh, I misread that as, what's your cure for biceps? But it's actually, what's your cure for hiccups? I just, I've learned to swallow in a way that makes them go away. Yeah, generally speaking, if I get a hiccup, it's like one or two, and then it's like, okay, stop it, you're fine. And for whatever reason, after that, I don't have hiccups anymore. Yeah, we've learned to communicate with our bodies so that the hiccup is no longer necessary for our survival. What invention doesn't get a lot of love but has greatly improved the world? I would say easy to assemble dance floors, if we're looking at line dance, and suede bottom shoes. And Spotify. <laughs> uh, mm, I don't know what invention. I'd have to think about that one for a minute. Oh, yeah. I guess if it's the question of doesn't get a lot of love, then that's... I mean, Spotify has a lot of fans. Uh, disco balls are enjoyed by many, but I don't know if it's greatly improved the world. Air conditioning. That's a huge one. There's like a whole episode of 99% Invisible on air conditioning and like refrigeration so I would say that because it's also relevant to line dance there are many places where we wouldn't be able to dance if they didn't have air conditioning yeah I I can't think of anything right now honestly what about speakers that amplify music well I'm thinking of the idea of like the way I'm hearing this question is what invention doesn't get a law a love but has greatly improved the world so it's like something that doesn't get recognized or can openers <laughs> um but has greatly improved life and i'm having a hard time thinking of anything that doesn't get a lot of love because although dancers might not necessarily like acknowledge how important this brand and capability of this speaker gives them the music DJs will definitely take care of their equipment and they'll definitely look at things to make their business better and make it more enjoyable for people Um, you know I know a lot of people who will invest in better dance floors and although um, dancers appreciate dance floors and they appreciate the really nice ones, the, it, I don't know if it's such a present thing in their mind to think of like, oh, I'm so grateful that they brought in a dance floor. I'm not dancing on concrete. I'm not dancing on carpet. You know, it's just 
they'll just look at it. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. The dance floor is down. You know? Like, that would be where I would think of, like, it's greatly improved our world, but it doesn't get a lot of love. You know? Um, but the people who put down the dance floors are certainly going to take care of the dance floors. People who own them are going to love them and treat them the way they need to be treated so they can stay nice. So it's it's depends on how you interpret this question, I guess. Beats per minute apps. Because you make them once and you don't really have to update them so they don't get that kind of love. And maybe people think, well, it's such a simple thing. Why do I need to go out of my way to say anything cool like about it? But I like them. I, I prefer that to having to do math in my head and then have like a weird rounded number. What's something you really resent paying for? Convenience fees online. Because wasn't that supposed to make things more convenient? And I understand you have to pay for servers and hosting and all that stuff, but still, I don't like it. I feel like it was easier to just... And you can still drive to the box office and pick up your whatever uh, and then not have to pay for that fee. But I don't know. I, I, I thought that, you know, the idea of printing stuff out was supposed to make things you know, uh, preferable for, for doing that. But then they go and try to balance it out by saying, yeah, but now you've got to give us money, more money. I don't like that. I don't know if I'd say it's a resentment, but I just don't like it. But now I've got to think about dance stuff, so go, go ahead. Okay. So some of the things I resent paying for. Interest. I am not a fan of interest, and I think it's stupid. Um, <laughs> granted, I'm also not in a business in which I get paid interest, so there's that. Um, I mean, it makes sense because debt is a risk, so this way you cover your risk by getting something extra just in case they don't pay it back. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, I still don't like it. <laughs> I resent it. I will fly out and say I resent it. Um, non- Finance stuff still. Healthcare. And then still having the insurances not pay for it. What you need. And I'm kind of related. Taxes for things that I don't agree with. I think we should get to choose what we pay our taxes toward. Ooh, that's a... That's a... Yeah. For all the different things that your taxes could go towards... There's certainly things that I would pay more of my taxes to than others, such as like law enforcement and firefighter salary. I would pay more my taxes to that and like road work and stuff like that. I would certainly pay more percentage or a higher percent to those particular things. Yeah, because there are definitely some parts of the country that say, oh, we're not paying for such and such classification of people to have this done, this procedure done, uh, well then, okay, if you don't want to pay for those people to get that that thing to happen, then maybe I don't want to pay for things that you support and and feel very strongly about. And then we can each just pay for our own things. Yay, state taxes. I would say, um, as opposed to which I found out recently that in Sonoma County and Marin County, we actually pay taxes for them to spray for mosquitoes in the area. 
I still have a ton of mosquito bites every year, so I don't know what good that does. Maybe there would have been more. Yeah, no, I'll just pass. I, it's fine. It's a bug. It's an irritant. I'll deal. Um, but with that said, going towards line dance, some of the things I guess you could lack for a better term say that I resent paying for luggage costs on airplanes. I resent that. I am already paying you a fortune to take my person somewhere. Really, a bag is not going to make that much of a difference, I promise. Water on flights. That doesn't seem like it should be legal. Yeah, I agree. I think... Because, like, we can't bring our own. I mean, I guess we could fill it up when we get there. So maybe that would be the thing to do. But still, like, most places just offer it as a courtesy. Yeah, I definitely think that. I, I, res- I resent paying for that. Um, I do appreciate the flights that give you some type of little snack as opposed to the ones that you have to pay for anything and everything. Um, what else do I resent paying for line dance-wise? I don't think there's much, honestly. Okay, now this is probably my own fault. And I'm sure we could get creative with it and it would cost less. But sometimes themes can be expensive. Um, There are some where you can get away with doing like a minimal cost um, uh, version of whatever the theme is. But there are others where it's such a specific kind of theme that it doesn't feel like there are cheap ways to do it. And then you don't want to be a non-participant, but... Like, what do you do in that case? You know, got to spend a little money to make it happen. But, like, if it wasn't a theme that you were all about, then, you know, when are you ever going to use that costume again? See, I and I'm of the opposite opinion. Like, I like themes. I just I have a hard time knowing that, like, I have to make sure I have extra room in my luggage for clothing for the theme. Whereas that can get a little annoying. And the reason why I have to make sure there's extra room is because I have to pay for the baggage. <laughs> Like if if it were like let's I'm trying to find an extreme example, but if it was like what uh, if your theme was like your favorite military dictator or your favorite food item at McDonald's or something like something you just don't care about and you don't want to dress up as, then do you not participate when everybody else is and they're having all kinds of fun with it or? Um, do you find a way to do like the least amount possible or do you say, you know what, forget it. I'm going to spend as much money as I can. I'm going to be the best at this weird theme just cause you're like, you've decided. Okay. So with that said, 90% of my Halloween costumes are from my own closet. Like I take some outfit that I can kind of stretch and get one or two little accessories to make it work. Um, I talk to friends and I'll ask them, hey, do you have something that I can use in this realm of something? Like, for instance, the Under the Sea, my first year at Big Bang. I borrowed a foam-shelled bra from my friend Emily so that I can go as a quote-unquote mermaid. Um... My, however, my Egypt theme for my first Vegas, I had a white skirt and a gold sequence top, and then I bought 
like a gold braided headband and that was all I did you know um, so some of these themes I just sh- really stretched the the imagination of what I could be um, if I had the money I would be the person going all out for everything if I had the money honestly I really would because I love the idea of dressing up and having fun with it and all that um, but you know I just kind of make it work with what I have and there are unfortunately some of those themes that I just kind of have to deal with. I think for me it's the idea of waste. The idea that I'm not going to use certain items again. Like when it's those party parties um, or theme nights at like bars or sometimes events where it's encouraged to use things like glow sticks. They're enjoyable for minutes and then you throw them away because it's plastic and you can't you know, refreeze it and re-break it indefinitely or interminably so then it just seems like a waste like you were buying it so that it can be garbage in six hours that i don't like i don't like paying for that i can agree with that kind of thing all right uh the question two questions from now is dark and scary so we're not going to get to that one we'll just get to this one two questions from now is what are you currently worried about nope here's the last question for today do you think that aliens exist? I'm going to say yes. Uh, have you met Roy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. My defense of, uh, of my answer is that it is a very large space that we inhabit. And there's so much that we don't know about the things inside of it. And I think just statistically, if it happened even once... Chemically speaking, there's got to be at least something with, like, a single cell somewhere in the universe. It's a very large universe. So, uh, look up the Fermi Paradox. Uh, I think that's what it's called, the Fermi Paradox. Um, I'm actually just going to double-check that that is what I'm referring to here. It should be a giant uh, equation, is that it? Let me take a quick look at this Wikipedia article. Uh, oh, maybe it's the Drake equation. Aha, it's the Drake equation. Let me take a look at what the Drake equation is. Yes. Yes. Look up the Drake equation, and it'll tell you why there should probably be something out there. Okie dokie. In addition to that answer and Roy, <laughs> uh, this has been your episode today of Line Dance Podcast on move-radio.com. Tune in for all kinds of quality programming at that website at any hour of the day. Uh, you can always find us at linedancepodcast.com. Uh, listen to an old episode or two or 100. We actually just posted our, or we posted it a while ago, but it has just gone public, uh, the 100th episode of Line Dance Podcast. And that episode was an interview with Maurice Rowe. Um, we also have many Thursday shows that we've done. We've been doing this with Move Radio for 60-plus weeks. I think it's like 64, 65, something like that. I think we're at like probably 65 by now. And then just random other episodes we've had from driving in the car to places. If you're into that sort of thing, it's all online for you to find. This has been Christopher Gonzalez with... Megan Barcelia. And until next time... We will see you on the dance floor.